Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure that you knew that my online knee course with Lenny Macrina is on sale for $200 off this week. If you want to learn exactly how to evaluate and treat the knee, you're going to love our comprehensive course where we cover our clinical examination, exercise progressions, and specific information on ACL, meniscus, patellofemoral, articular cartilage, osteoarthritis, and so much more. Plus, you can earn a ton of CEU credit. The course is on sale this week for $200 off. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash knee for more information and to sign up today. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about restoring symmetry in an asymmetrical sport. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. I just wanted to pause and make sure Dave was good before we we continued with uh, the rest of the introduction. If you're no, if you for, heard, no further questions, Your Honor. <laughs> if you heard last episode, but uh, welcome everybody. We're here answering your questions. Anything you want to talk about? Physical therapy, sports performance, career advice, anything you want to talk about, we're here for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com, click on that podcast link, and you can fill out the form to ask us questions. Let's see. I'm here today with Lenny McCrina, Jonah Monlock, Mike Scaduto, Dan Pope, Dave Tilly, and Kevin Coughlin. And Len, who do we have for, for students today? What do we got? Let's get back to the students. We have uh, some some lovely students. We have six of them right now, which is a, more than, a little bit more than normal, but that's okay. We love them all. Um, we have Nancy Kuhn from Mary Baldwin University in the beautiful state of Virginia. Courtney Camborellis from DeUville in upstate New York, also known as the Buffalo area. We have Danielle Rankin. All right, you ready? From Franciscan Missionaries of Our Ladies in Louisiana. We have Tommy Geeson. Well, we actually have cumulatively Tommy John, Tommy Geeson, and John McDonald. So Tommy John, uh, Tommy is from High Point, John is from UNLV, and we have Corey Arnold from Georgia, Southern in Georgia. Can you believe Tommy John's an underwear brand right now? I know, right? <laughs> what about Tammy Jean? That one? Like, does, oh. like, does the baseball pitcher Tommy John, is he flattered by this? Or is he like, what the, what the hell is happening? That's to, okay, okay. This is let's get back on track again here. This is our worst series of podcasts ever. All right, what do what do we have for a question today? Who's up today? John, you look like you're in pole position. What do we got? All right. Rachel from Hong Kong asks, is it important to restore symmetry in unilateral sports? I know it probably does not make sense to provo- to promote asymmetry, but in unilateral sports, in my opinion, sometimes the asymmetry is what defines elite athletes. Rachel, I love that question. We talk about that a lot. And I, I think I think you phrased it really well. I love how you expressed like your thoughts on it too, because it's really good. Um, I'll start this off by telling a story. It was about, you know, heck at this point in time, it was over 15 years ago. But I remember we 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 kind of had a uh like a, a a full staff meeting with our health and performance department in baseball. And you know, we started saying, like, you know, what can we do better to help with injuries in our athletes? And we started kind of, you know, listing all like the potential asymmetries and and things that they have. 
Um, and you know, we sat there and we looked at it for, for quite a bit and baseball is probably one of the most unilateral asymmetrical sports you could probably do. We looked at it a bit and then, you know, half my team kind of started saying like, all right, well, here are the asymmetries. Let's say, what can we work on for each one? And we were kind of like starting a checklist and I'm just sitting back thinking, and I said the same thing, Rachel, I looked at it and I'm like, well, wait a minute, this is what you need to perform their sport right? This is, this is what you need to actually excel. If we try to make them symmetrical, right? I, does that take away from it? So, you know, I'll start off with that, that I, you know, I remember thinking the same thing as you, Rachel, and there's, there's a lot of people out there that don't work in sports that probably still harp symmetry, but um, you know, we're not really symmetrical, right? So um, lots of avenues to, to kind of hit this from um, Dave's probably, you know, the more multi-dimensional athlete in terms of movement skills than we are. Right. Like we always, well, I mean, in general, I mean, everything's repetitive. Dave's making a face. You mean like me as a human or the gymnast that I work with? No, the gym the gymnast not uh, you gosh yeah, no like, no not you no not but <laughs> i mean we do everything i mean we throw left we run left we swing left i mean we should just like run the bases backwards every other day so like just like the the track in the gym right like monday wednesday fridays we go to third base first instead of first anyway so all right who wants to tackle this one who wants to start and talk about this concept why don't we start with this maybe i'll try to lead the discussion a little bit um are asymmetries normal or abnormal who wants to jump in normal one at a time good all right so dave says normal right as a human are we asymmetrical or symmetrical what do we you know what's even that concept right i, I think i'll jump in go ahead Dan. i don't know i think in general <clears throat> there's obviously going to be asymmetry side to side you know and i think right now it's, it's kind of hot to say that asymmetries maybe don't matter right in sports um, but I think it's to Mike's point, it's going to depend very highly on your sport, right? I think um, the sports that I'm involved in, they're, they're very sagittal plane and they're, they're not unilateral, right? You squat with two legs, bench press two legs, you know, Olympic lifts, you use two legs, two arms at the same time. And being symmetrical is actually pretty important for completing the lifts well, right? So if you're an Olympic weightlifter and you're super stiff on one shoulder or super, super stiff at one ankle, it's going to screw things up, up and down the chain, which may have some sort of impact on A, injury, B, performance, right? So, you know, do asymmetries matter in certain sports? Definitely. And then in others, maybe the asymmetry is good, right? So I, I think a big part is like, what are the demands of the sport, right? What are you trying to get back to? What's limited? is a specific asymmetry kind of related to their pain problem or performance. And you start from there, you know? Right. I like that. Right. I mean, think of certain ones like, you know, if you're trying to do, you know, an Olympic lift, right. Symmetry would be probably advantageous, right. If you're trying to throw a baseball and you're trying to make both your shoulders symmetrical, um, one of them is going to probably be in a jam, right? Like that's just not the way it's made. Right. So, um, I don't know what, what are, what are about some of the other symmetrical sports? So but how, how about a symmetrical sport with an asymmetrical body? So Kevin, talk to me about running a little bit here, right. And not to like lead it a little bit here, but like inherently as a human, we're asymmetrical, right? Your heart's on one side, your liver's on one side, nothing is exactly the same side to side, but you run fairly symmetrically we're supposed to what about the flip of that kev what do you think yeah i think similar to what dan just said um where that that sport is mostly in the uh sagittal plane it's it's more advantageous to be uh symmetrical i think you know you you want to see especially if you're doing hills and stuff you know you want to look at people's ankles and make sure that they they have a good amount of dorsiflexion for something like that um 
as well as normal knee range of motion and that type of stuff. I think upper body becomes a little less important for, for a runner, but, um, I think for general like movement, if they're in the gym lifting, we, we would like to see some symmetry. And I think in sports like baseball, I think about it, um, with what I've learned from you guys is there's a bony change to the humerus. Um, and you can try as long as you want to, to, to make that symmetrical side to side, and it's not going to be symmetrical. Uh, so I think in some sports we have to accept that asymmetry, if you're playing the sport as you're developing and, and your bones are forming, it's, you know, you're going to have a, a lifelong change. Um, if I have a runner and I see some, some change that isn't due to uh, a, a bone changing as they're going through puberty and stuff, they have to figure out maybe why this asymmetry occurred. Uh, is this maybe just the shape of their hip bone on one side versus the other? Or is this due to maybe a past injury and that's something that we want to work on? So I think their, their sports history uh, gives you a lens to look through in terms of why, why are we seeing this asymmetry? Um, and if it's something that's relevant that we should clean up either for performance in the sport or just for general movement health. That's awesome. I'm I, young I, I enough like... to remember as a, I was going to say, I was young, I'm young enough to remember as a PT, um, <clears throat> us trying to make baseball play as symmetrical, um, as Mike mentioned, and we tried it because the whole GERD phenomenon was out there and, and, you know, it's internal rotation deficit for those that are not familiar, not esophageal reflux disease. And we tried to equalize internal rotation, not realizing what we were doing because the research said they had a higher rate of injury with internal rotation deficit. Um, we knew about retroversion, but GERD was this hot topic and it still is out there and docs are still talking about it, even PTs are talking about it. But I think we learned the hard way when people, people's careers ended uh, because they got hurt. We, we created too much motion. We created a, we created an imbalance in their in their in their symmetry. So we tried to make it symmetrical. It wasn't effective for their sport, especially throwing a baseball. And um, so we we learned from that. Hopefully, we learned from that. Some of us have, I think. But it's always evolving. So. <laughs> you technically made your asymmetry worse, right? By trying to work on your asymmetry, yeah. You know, in that fashion. Right. So, uh, what do you think, Mike? Well, I was just going to say from a training perspective, right? If you're, if you're in a unilateral sport and, and golf is a great example where that's like a truly unilateral sport, um, throughout your playing season, there's going to be tissues that are overloaded and tissues that are underloaded because you're repeating the same motion from the same, on the same side over and over. Um, from a training perspective, over the course of a year, you probably want to, um, fluctuate, you know, how you're, how you're training. So in the immediate off season, we may go into a period where we're looking for a more, um, symmetrical or more well-rounded kind of training program where we're trying to offload some of the tissues that have been overloaded over the course of the season and then train the tissues that are, um, have been underloaded or understressed over the course of the season. So I think it does have implications, um, in your training program over the course of a year. And it probably does change the the method and the way that we're we're training that person in a unilateral sport. I'm glad you brought that up, Mike. I think that's a good way of phrasing it there too. Is is um, you know the way we train them just depends on periodization throughout the year too. And there's probably some time that we want to take some stress off those overused unilateral asymmetries, right? And try to and try to balance yourself a little bit. It's not that we don't appreciate that and we won't work on that in the future, but like maybe to take a little stress off at some time is good too. I like it. Uh, Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I, you know, I, I always talk about this. Um, I think when people are trying to figure out why injuries are caused, Oftentimes we kind of look at research, oh, asymmetry, that's the reason why. 
Um, I, I just think that we need to be a little more concrete about the mechanisms of injury, right? You know, like even for baseball, like you can make a blanket statement that symmetry is important. Well, it's like, okay, well, you get a lot of hamstring injuries in baseball, right? But you get a lot of like shoulder injuries in baseball and elbow injuries in baseball, right? And I think the way that you probably prevent those shoulder injuries is not as related to symmetry, right? I'm not, you know, I'm not a baseball expert, but I'm not the guy telling people to throw a hundred pitches with their opposite arm to build symmetry and <laughs> throw like baseball backwards on the throwing side arm. Like, no, that's not how we prevent those. But like for maybe some of the other issues um, or injuries in the sport, the, the symmetry is maybe um, more important, right? But I think at the end of the day, it's, you know, what do we know is helpful for hamstring injuries? What do we know is helpful for, you know, elbow injuries? Let's modify those variables that we know are important. And when it comes to asymmetry, like, Maybe it's important, maybe not. It doesn't seem like it's as important. I think it's probably lower hanging fruit than the more obvious things. So, yeah, that's that's a good point too. We tend to blame things on symmetry sometimes because we can see it. But um, you know, I, I going back to Lenny's point here too. I remember when we first started learning about these things in baseball players, we'd find all these asymmetries on injured players and be like, oh, well, that that must be why they're injured. And then I started working in pro baseball with healthy guys, and I'm like, oh. They all look like that. Like all the healthy guys look like that. <laughs> like, so the healthy guys and the injured guys look the same, right? So yeah, let's not, let's, you know, correlation versus causation. But um, Jonah, from your perspective, from the performance side, right? And I think not so much injury prevention, but performance side, right? If I'm a right-hand hitter, golfer, whatever it is, right? We're working on med ball rotation, right? How, how do you program that? Do you make me do both sides? Do you, are you trying to increase one side more than the other? Like, how do you program that for performance? Yeah, I think that actually ties in pretty well with what Mike was saying, where it depends a lot on the time of the year. Um, so if we look at, say, the professional pitchers we've had in this year, early off season, all their med ball drills, we were doing on both sides um, for all those reasons that Mike was talking about. But as we get closer to the year, as the intensity of the drills ramp up, and as we're trying to get more specific to their pitching mechanics on the mounds, we start to just mainly focus on their throwing side. So if they're doing like a run and gun med ball throw, they're not going to coordinate that well on their offside. Um, so it's just not worth the time and effort. I think that's a big piece of it is just asking whether it's trying to fix an asymmetry for performance, health, whatever it is, how much time and effort is it going to take to really try to equal out these sides? And is doing so going to take away from the other stuff that we want to focus on? That's great. So it's a good point. I think inherently we have a dominant side, right? Like we just, we have a dominant right hand. We have a dominant probably leg, right? Right-legged or left-legged kickers and our neural, neural wiring, our neural drive is completely different stuff that we can't even conceptualize um, without higher level testing. So to be, to consider somebody truly symmetrical is nearly impossible because if I tried to throw something lefty or kick lefty or, or lunge to once or whatever, it's just not going to feel probably as stable for me um, just because of the dominant side and a dominant neuromuscular control. The, the wiring in my brain is completely different for a dominant side for me. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Yeah, so, I so like, sorry. I was going to say, I feel like that's where it comes down to, at least on the performance side, like, yeah, maybe we want to keep these things in check, but you're probably wasting a lot of time if you're really pushing after just total symmetry with everything like don't right. get too too out of whack but at the right. end of the day you are who you are if you're not hurt just keep improving performance 
Well, yeah, I was going to say, and what you are saying here is you do need to work on enhancing asymmetrical performance. That's the whole point, right? Like to hit the ball further, you have to have more asymmetrical strength and power in one direction. So, uh, right. I, I, that makes sense. So, uh, Rachel, I hope that helps. I, th- I think we answered your question. I think we agree with you, but hopefully we added a little bit more color to that, right? Where, um, you know, you know how we approach that, because I think we agree with you. I think we see the dilemma, but I, I do think that there's a way that we can do it, you know, periodize that, that might be a little bit more effective. So great question. If you have a question like that, head to micronaldo.com, click on that podcast link, and we will keep answering. Uh, please rate, review, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeRinald.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us. Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeRinald.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.